0: hello and uh, welcome everyone to uh, a new episode of our uh, let us talk healthcare podcast in which uh, today we are going to talk about the coronavirus disease 2019 what is being uh, shortly called as covid-19 so with me today are uh, three of my friends uh, one is uh, dr nandagopal he is a pulmonologist that is a lung specialist and an asthma and allergy uh, these lung diseases specialists. Uh, he has an experience of more than 20 years in that field, and uh, this coronavirus is directly in his uh, field of expertise. So, we have Dr. Nandagopal here, and uh, we have uh, Dr. Madan. Madan is a radiologist, but uh, recently from the field of radiology, he has gone on to another passion of his, in which he started his career, which is epidemiology. He is now a fellow in the National Institute of Epidemiology which is working under the ICMR in the central government. So Madan is here to talk to us about the epidemiological aspects of this disease. So epidemiology is the uh, study of diseases. So this is an expert who studies diseases and how they spread and what impact they have on population and all. So we have a disease expert and we have a expert on how the diseases spread and then we have uh, my good friend Ok who is a, a half-doctor in the sense he has been roaming around with doctors for the past 5-6 years now. So he is a very informed lay person. He is a software professional, but he is an informed lay professional. Uh, so we will take him as a person who can ask you questions from the common man's point of view. And uh, finally, I am uh, Vijay. I am a radiologist and uh, part of this group of people who we are friends online and uh, we'd like to carry on from here so first of all let's start with uh, what is this COVID-19 or coronavirus uh, disease 19. Uh, I'll ask uh, Dr. Nanda Kapal to speak a little bit about what this disease is and how it is uh, how it is caused where it came from all this okay Nandu.
1: Please. yep hey good evening uh, see this coronavirus is uh, now commonly causing the panic all around the world. If you take common cold as the basic type of respiratory disease, there are 200 types of viruses which can actually cause common cold. Some of the types are rhinovirus, adenovirus, influenza virus as it is again known very well and coronavirus is one of that. There are coronavirus causes both adult human and in animal disease not just in adults it's also in children but most of the time children it causes common cold in adults when it comes it is more like first for mild disease it's common cold and for severe diseases it is something known as recently now ten years back we had the SARS SARS, SARS virus and MERS Middle East Respiratory Syndrome so this virus As such, it spreads from one person to another person like any other respiratory virus. This causes the disease, which is this year, because of a new strain, it is known as a novel coronavirus, again known as NCOV. This virus causes symptoms like any other disease, fever, cough, breathing difficulty and other respiratory symptoms. Because it is found in a yeah, new strain, it is found in, again in China. It is known as Wuhan-2019-NCOV. 20, but due to sensitivities, they just changed the name into COVID-19. They didn't want to identify a, pers- a place. Because like MERS was told as Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. But they didn't want to uh, name any place. So, the WHO has named it as CO. Uh, NCOVID-19 this is about the basic of the disease and uh, if you take any respiratory illness due to virus etiology usually there will be around 0.5 percent mortality that is if 100 to 200 persons are affected there is a chance that 1 to 2 can die in the new disease this case fatality rate goes up it goes up to 2 to 3 percent. This is how it us- usually is. I would love to ask Madan what is the fatality rate for coronavirus up to up to this point?
2: Uh, up to this point, the fatal case fatality rate uh in coronavirus is around 2.5 percent
1: no if it is 2.5% that is with most of the deaths are occurring in china right
2: yes yes so and, and so far as per as per who's uh, records and uh, i i would like to state here that china has cooperated in a large scale and they have actually notified almost all the cases which are uh, under treatment in their facilities and uh, as of today 83704 patients are identified confirmed positive for covid-19 disease and out of that 2859 has been the fatality and 99% of the fatalities have happened in china actually so uh, the fa- case fatality rate is around 2.5 to 2.6% and uh, um, the the most important point here is how many have recovered from this infection around 37000 from 83,000 have recovered so that is recovery rate is also evolving and right now we are seeing a very good recovery rate
1: okay see uh, I again again I will reiterate like any other respiratory virus the most of the deaths would have occurred in people who already had have had some pre-existing illness right so in in the like most of the what we call as a vulnerable population elderly people And people who already had serious uh, diseases, like a serious heart disease or a uh, kidney or previous lung disease, like that. So, no, I I, I have only one concern here. See, China, we know that they have mobilized everything what they can to the province. They built something like a thousand-bedded hospital in 10 days flat. And they built a number of hospitals like that. They have rushed all their medical personnel into their province. Then they were able to control the population not to move. And they quarantined them in a big way. With all that facilities available to them, this fatality rate is low. What happens if the virus reaches in a place where the health facilities are not available or it cannot be ramped up? in a rapid manner will the case fatality rate go up that that's my main concern
2: Um, sir uh, in epidemiological uh, parlance so uh, looking at the larger picture there are now 46 countries who have notified patients with covid19 positive uh, identifications positively and among that the highest infectivity Infectivity in the sense like one patient infecting another patient. Human to human transmissions has been highest in only in China. Rest of the countries, we were able to quarantine and contain the infection among the subgroup who actually visited from a, any one of these countries and landed in the new incident country.
0: They okay. Can I, uh, okay, you finish your uh, thought, then I want to interrupt here, okay.
2: Yeah, so uh, the case fatality rate uh, right now as it stands is, does not reflect on the care that was given to any of these patients because as you will know that there is no treatment available to coronavirus disease as we speak. All the treatment That is, all these patients are getting are supportive therapies and some uh, general medical management of other comorbidities that these patients have. And as you well suggested, that most of the patients who who are turned up positive and who need urgent medical attention are the patients who already have some other disease. And... Uh, managing both these conditions together is the biggest challenge, and most of these patients are in their extreme of uh, of their extremes, ages, of, like age. Above okay. extremes of age, extremes And it, it's not, uh, curiously that's another point that the younger children are not so susceptible as we initially thought them to be, and their proportion of the total case load is significantly less. Actually, that's something that we have to be very happy about and most of the patients that we see today uh, in most of these countries are above 50 and especially the uh, people who are uh, vulnerable to complications and uh, more fatalities so that's the subgroup that we will be very worried about and especially patients with kidney diseases uh, patients with uh, diabetes and evolving um, other uh, comorbidities so as far as t- uh, treatment influencing fat- uh, fatality rate here, I, I don't think uh, it-, it plays much of a role, but as f- we stand today, uh, we are just giving supporting thera- supportive therapy most of the times, okay. since we don't have a treatment.
0: Okay, my, my interruption now. Okay, my, yes. my doubts was about the, you, you talked about the uh, uh, infection rate, so the secondary uh, infection rate, That's that's the proper terminology, right? Se- See,
2: secondary uh, are, rate. no yeah that's so in uh, epidemiological parlance we call it as r0 or r 0 which is the okay. basic reproduction number that okay every every patient how many secondary infections that any positive patient causes while they are in a susceptible population
0: okay and what is the secondary attack rate
2: Uh, Secondary attack rate is different. That's when you track over a period of time. We are not evolved to that state where we can calculate a secondary attack rate. uh, Uh, The first calculation would be the R naught. The R naught itself is right now uh, varying somewhere between 1.5 to 4.
0: So, uh, I mean, break it down to people who don't understand. Even I don't one understand po- epidemiological.
2: See, so, uh, uh, the R naught right now is 1.5 to 4. Is like it's like during one incubation period, which is roughly around five six days right now. In that incubation period, a uh, 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 already positive patient is likely to infect at the maximum four other person people.
0: Four other people who are in close contact with them.
2: Who, yeah, who are in close contact are aren't susceptible.
0: Unsusceptible, okay. Unsus- okay. Fine, right, fine. Now,
2: right now, we assume everybody is susceptible because there is no vaccination available and we, are, we have not documented anybody immune to this infection as of now. There are people who are asymptomatic but nobody is immune as of now. So, we assume everybody is susceptible and that is how we can calculate this R-naught. Is R0 at the so basic this,
0: reproduction rate this susceptible and asymptomatic i'll just uh, explain it off see susceptible means they will get the infection but they, they are likely not, uh, they, they are likely, are likely, to, they are likely almost, to get the infection yeah almost everyone is likely to get the infection but yes. many of them might not manifest any uh, Signs of having been infected, right? They may be totally yes, silent. They are the asymptomatics. asymptomatic. Asymptomatics.
2: Okay. and these so, asymptomatics are also likely to transmit this. This is that's okay. where this that's where this disease gets very interesting. Okay,
0: now that is where my question comes. See, in this uh, in this particular uh, outbreak, there was one very uh, interesting um, happening, which was like a laboratory setup. There was these two cruise ships and one was uh, one was called the diamond princess which was a uh, cruise ship getting out of uh, japan they were traveling to uh, hong kong taiwan and uh, some of the southeast asian countries like vietnam and then back to china back to japan into a luxury cruise ship which had uh, more than 3000 people inside some 2300 uh, passengers and 1000 crew members so the, among these 3000 people uh, they went to hong kong for a single day or two days that's it and they went inside and came somewhere in uh, late January Um, and uh, no late January or mid early early February I I don't remember the dates it's available you can google it and see Um, see one person among the passengers happened to test positive after they got down in a port and they left the cruise midway after they left the cruise at the at the time that they left the cruise they were asymptomatic But when they went back home to Japan, they were found to be positive for this coronavirus. So what the Japanese government did was they quarantined the entire ship. They recalled the ship and they quarantined the entire ship. Now, inside that quarantined ship, where there was only one person identified after they left, before they left, they didn't even know this patient had a disease. But finally, at the end of the uh, one period of time of the quarantine, 600 people were infected in that ship. That gives yeah. you, a uh, it's like a petri dish, the, the, the newspapers were calling them, I mean news articles were calling them as a floating petri dish. It is like an experimental setup, you have a closed environment in which you have a large uh, population of uh, people who are susceptible, who are, uh, yes. exposed, and uh, out of 3,600 became uh, infected. Now we don't know how many of them showed uh, severe symptoms and uh, <coughs> there were no deaths so far from among those passengers. But this is where that uh, secondary I mean your uh, whatever your reproduction number and your uh, attack rate and all will evolve yes. right
2: yes yes
0: and so my, uh, just
2: just giving you a context with re, uh, with respect to this basic reproduction number the recent uh, swine flu uh, ep- epidemic that we saw uh, his, his, the basic reproduction number which is R not it was around 1.4. And the final reproduction number was less than 1.6. At the start of the epidemic, it was around 1.4. And by the uh, by the time it was contained uh, to uh, endemic levels, uh, it was around 1.6. And to give you a context, HIV's r not is 4. Hmm. How
0: much and is measles? Uh, measles
2: is 18. Ah. So that's that's the uh, kind of... Con- measles is a very highly infectious thing and compared... Compared to that, where we, uh, the highest possible R naught that we can uh, ascertain for this coronavirus, novel coronavirus, is maximum is four. So that will give you a context where we are today. And SARS also was around four when it happened. The SARS pandemic, uh, when it happened, was around four. The R naught was around four.
0: Good enough enough (coughs) place to stop and ask you about what is this? You used two words, endemic and pandemic. What are these?
2: See, endemic is something, a disease which is always present in an area. For example, uh, India is uh, having an endemic of, uh, endemicity of malaria. We always have certain malaria in our population. Uh, Even, even we can say we have a lot of hookworm infestation. So we are, we are an endemic area for hookworm infestation. Uh, That. Uh, uh, pandemic is something when when the infection is prevalent over almost most of the parts of the world, there is no clear cut uh, uh, definition as it, like how many countries is there a uh, line which is drawn like if it crosses this many countries or this if it crosses this many continents, we can call it as a pandemic, that's not the case but generally if the disease is spread over a large uh, part of the world, then the WHO has to declare Officially, that uh, disease is a pandemic. Official pandemic. Right now, the present coronavirus infection has not been officially called a pandemic. It is still but considered but the, as an the epidemic.
0: News, according to the news reports, more than 48 countries have declared. Yes. Diabetes.
2: As of today, there are 46 countries which are uh, uh, have notified coronavirus. But still, uh, WHO is taking its time and. Uh, as not, it officially declared it as a pandemic.
3: Uh, hey, this is Google. I just want to interrupt here. Yeah. Uh, it, is weather playing a role in the spread of virus? Is it something like cold countries there'll be more virus, uh, or tropical countries the the susceptibility susceptibility will be more? Is is it something like that? Hey,
2: for. First, I'll ask
1: Nandagopal sir to bring his views. First. No, yes. See, first, let, us, let no that question brings actually the uh, another important topic how this virus spreads. This virus usually, yeah, now spreads by one is airborne transmission that's Doppler transmission, second is fomite or uh, hand to mouth, if I can say that. Yes, if it, hmm? so this airborne transmission is supposed to be less than 20% whereas we touching the infectious particles of a person who's already had the disease or not and then touching our face is causing the most transmission 80% so yeah, am i right ah uh, yes. yeah huh? yes. no, the percent percentages you you'll be much better so yes. And, and um, after the initial transmission, it's basically human to human.
0: Again, we are three huh? doctors talking, so we are huh? assuming that people will understand. So I'll break it down again. Hmm. Now, when a patient who is infected or who is harboring the virus and he is not showing uh, any signs, that is, a patient who is infected with this virus, when he coughs, they will, uh, the, the, there will be droplets of small droplets coming out in your cough. And those, will, those droplets will contain millions of these virus particles, right? That is what yes. you mean by... And yes. the, the, those can directly go into our air stream, through the air. That airborne yes. infection, airborne transmission. Yeah, if you are in close contact. If you are in close contact. Otherwise, well, let us say they have uh, uh, coughed into a handkerchief or they have uh, coughed into their hand and touched the surface of their bed or the chair or uh, whatever they are using. And Railing. we, being mm-hmm. uh, family members, we go and touch the same objects and then the same chair or the bed or a door knob and then we touch our face or nose or eye that can get transmitted inside that exactly is, that is fomite yes. transmission right
3: yes yes so this is yes. airborne
0: transmission and fomite transmission what you're saying is airborne is a very small percentage like 20 percent and fomite transmission or touching and uh, transmitting through your hands and uh, is a larger one 70-80 Yes. years yeah, exa- okay. exactly yes.
1: Sure. see and yes. uh, this is where The FOMI transmission, this is where the temperature might play a role. The survival rate of the virus is supposed to be two to three days on the the surfaces. Mm. If the temperature rises, that survival might come down. Though how the novel coronavirus will behave is not yet known. Uh, probably in experimental labs they would have already done some experiments to know how it how has it survived or not but uh, in the real physical world we don't know it yet because okay. as of can as we, of can it, we yeah.
0: have a comparison between see they are already saying that this is very similar to the sars uh, epidemic that uh, I mean, the SARS outbreak which happened in 2002-3, 17 years ago, right? Yes. Mm. So, in that SARS epidemic, and uh, I, I know you were involved in treating some patients in the SARS epidemic, in the Coimitor region and all. Right?
1: Su- suspected, suspected, suspected patients. Suspected. None, none of them came. Yeah, but,
0: okay, that's good news. So, why do you think India escaped that time, when there were such a large number of patients in uh, Southeast Asia? Again, similar to what is happening now. No, We,
1: we, we can call it good luck. We can call it... Uh, uh, it's just the timing, because uh, it, it came in the peak summer, and uh, it just died down. Pro- possibly the transmissibility was very less, so it just died down in India. Although it was uh, a lot of scare and uh, um, a lot of uh, preparation was done for SARS. It was uh, uh, probably, what, what do you call in a uh, uh, flim parlance, it's a damp squib that time. But uh, we cannot expect, because after that, it was in 2003, the the second known coronavirus outbreak was MERS, Middle Eastern Respiratory. That Middle Eastern Respiratory, you know that Middle East is much, much hotter than our place. Still, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome or the coronavirus associated with that continued to fester. And both SARS and MERS had instantly had a much higher fatality rate. MERS almost had a 30% fatality, whereas uh, SARS had only 15%. But compared to that, this
0: novel coronavirus seems to be much, much lesser. Ah. Then uh, there's one more thing. Uh, see, the, there were news reports about uh, uh, this Wuhan region where this started, no? the Hubei City. There was a There was a wet market in which this started. So what is that?
1: Mm, yeah. See, the, most of the coronaviruses are uh, animal viruses. When the transmission starts from animal to human, initially it's called a zoonotic disease. Zoonotic. This transmission was supposed to occur in that uh, Wuhan market, where both uh, fish and other wild animals were traded freely. So, that are supposed to be the starting uh, point of this epidemic.
2: So, I'll give you a small backdrop uh, to this whole uh, zoonotic origin. Mm. Uh, both uh, this group of viruses, this hepatina viruses, uh, uh, generally are very endemic among uh, wild bra- bats. Especially... Rats that we see in uh, the greater Mekong region and uh, South China. So, Wuhan is known to have this unknown sudden cr- clusters of, un- un- of pneumonias of unknown etiologies. This is, this is not the first time that uh, they saw sudden increase in patients with uh, pneumonia of unknown etiologies. The thing is, they increased capacity at local level, they created a virology research lab at Wuhan, and they started working on uh, all these animal reservoirs and they constantly kept screening for unknown viruses. In 2015, after the SARS outbreak, they they did document in one of the leading uh, research journals that there is a reservoir of uh, similar SARS-like viruses in the local bats in the area. And the present coronavirus has a very striking similarity phylogenetically related to the virus which was documented earlier. So that's the basis of the theory that these viruses originated uh, from the wet markets which exists in uh, that part of uh, Wuhan.
0: Okay, so that leads on to the next question. What do you think about the uh, Chinese government's response to this? They they identified it, and uh, what did they do?
2: See, through, uh, as per our knowledge, the the whatever, uh, uh, knowledge, uh, news is out there, in, uh, public space right now. Uh, they had the first notification in the second quarter, week of December. That's when they started noticing, actually there is one uh, newspaper, uh, which is, called, uh, there are 40 cases uh, of uh, unknown uh, pneumonia, of, of unknown etiology, uh, getting treated uh, in certain hospitals in Wuhan. So that's the first documented evidence that we have that China detected certain abnormal uh, viruses in uh, virus uh, uh, virus or virus-driven uh, disease nice. in Wuhan. So that's the first documented evidence that we have. And considering that, the level to which they went in quarantining in entire city. The contain the, the way they handle the containment phase of the disease is unprecedented in scale and effort. And uh, I would say no other country would would be able to do such an operation of such large scale. It is unimaginable in any other country as as we speak. So considering and considering uh, China's previous track record in this, I think they understood, uh, uh, they had some very great learnings from the previous SARS and Moscow incidents and they were very forthcoming. They, they reported everything that they had. If, if we are, uh, I don't think we can accuse China of underreporting in this uh, epidemic as, as, as concerned. And whatever they had, they reported and they shared uh, everything to the international community. I'll give you one small uh, thing. They identified the virus. They did a PCR. They put it the the put the entire genome in open uh, source. It was shared. Uh, it was picked up by a group of scientists in uh, Singapore KTPH Hospital, and they were the first to bring out the uh, test kit. Immediately, the test kit was uh, validated by another s- set of people from translation translational department of the who and the who ratified the test kit for wider acceptance all this was done within 21 days of identifying the pathogen this 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 rapid rapid uh, evolution from uh, identifying a pathogen and evolving a test kit and today uh, we see that uh, there is already a candidate vaccine this Uh, is this this level of uh, cooperation is unprecedented we have not seen such scale of uh, cooperation anywhere else before
0: and you said candidate vaccine yeah Uh, so how long do you think we have to wait till it becomes a vaccine proper vaccine
2: uh, this is a uh, very early days so i don't think i can comment anything on that, that but as of today we have a candidate vaccine which uh, which they are actually looking at there are two major institutes looking at, uh, at the, a particular candidate vaccine right now since we ha- now we, ha- we all have uh, we don't take the traditional routes of vaccine development now we have the benefit of uh, computational models we have the benefit of recombinant technology uh we can take the faster route but uh it's, it's anybody's testing. Case right now. testing testing yeah. will have
0: to be a long term yes, thing yes yes
2: no? that's going to be a long drawn process but we do have now, now we have a faster route to achieve whatever we want to achieve but okay. we don't know how long it is because I, I saw some
0: uh, news reports which said uh, within the end of this year we probably will have a vaccine so that if if this comes back in the next winter if, this, if the infection spreads throughout the world and it comes back next winter in a stronger phase, we might have something protective. It's one of the good news that we can look forward to. No, yes, I, 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 I don't
1: but, think we should be looking at the vaccine as a solution. We should yes. be looking somewhere else for the solution.
0: So, what is your thought on that?
1: No, What we should be doing is how to have or cut the transmission rather than having the vaccine. Okay, like now now we know that there are two routes of transmission. One is airborne, other is uh, fomite. That is hand to mouth. right? So uh, try to try to minimize as much as possible the transmission rates. That will be the key. It is not the vaccine, vaccine, whatever it is, again, to make it in a, such a large scale, send it to all parts of the world, make it accessible to everyone, uh, making it affordable to everyone, it's going to be a a huge, uh, you know, resourceful, resource, uh, I mean, heavy activity. Whereas what we we need is, basically, I, I can split that into hand hygiene, calf hygiene, food hygiene, then probably... The travel hygiene, if I can add that so hand hygiene is simple frequent hand wash thirty second rule for hand washing at least twenty seconds. make sure that we wash our hands as frequently as possible with soap and water and if your hands are not dirty, then alcohol based rub that's clean sink right then when whenever a person is having the respiratory symptoms they need to make sure that they are not spreading into anyone nearby it's usually the near and dear ones who get affected it is not just for coronavirus it's for every other disease that matters so they need to use a mask they need to use a tissue during their cough or sneezing and they have to properly dispose that mask and tissue also that's a cough hygiene and avoid avoid any uncooked food
0: no, some breakup there. You're saying, yeah. uh, uh, okay. Avoid, avoid
1: uncooked food. Make sure, make sure the food is cooked thoroughly. And uh, uh, I, I can invoke the Tamil culture here. You instead of the handshake, use panakam Or Namaste. Hmm? With with both our hands folded together so that we don't transmit the disease to anyone else and other disease, we, we won't get it. That's as simple. So, yeah, as much as I know, wash, 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 cover, 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 protect, protect,
0: protect, protect. That's about it. And avoid uh, travel to areas where the disease is prevalent. Yeah. See, travel hygiene is another aspect.
1: See, right now, I have seen frequently kids going to school even when the uh, kid is having fever and uh, uh, cough. I, I, I can see people coming to office with uh, diseases. Probably this is a globalization, this is a whatever effect you can say. But this is the u- usual. What we need to do is make sure if our near and dear ones are having the symptoms, make sure that they are properly isolated and properly protected. And the... the Transmission from one person to the next person should be minimized as much as possible. So avoid gatherings, avoid huge gatherings. Like what we know is from South Korea. See South Korea, that one of the outbreaks is uh, now traced back to a church gathering, right? So like like that, most of the cases. See, there there might be some cases. Like in Singapore, there are seven cases. See, Singapore has got the probably got the gold surveillance right? They, they, nobody can move without the government knowing. But even there, there are seven cases for whom the primary case source is not known. Like, like in California, there is a person who's got this uh, tested positive, who hasn't traveled, who hasn't uh, uh, come into contact with any persons of known travel. So, there could be some other transmission which could be happening in the society from one person to another person. To avoid that, Make sure that everyone is following hygiene measures. Then it will be much better.
3: Doctor, should we wear a mask of some kind? Do you don't have a useful? disease? Do you have a I disease?
1: Don't. No, I then don't. Then don't. Then don't. But make sure. But make sure everyone who uh, has a disease wear one. Okay. But
3: is, uh, I uh. I normally see people wear masks in the airport, right? Always they, they just roam around with masks. I don't know yeah. what it is for and there are all kinds of masks right there's some cloth based thing there is something that looks like polythene there is something that looks like i don't know uh, this uh hannibal lecter style mask i don't know (laughs) that multiple kinds people wear and roam around i'm always scared looking at those i don't wear anything and i was wondering what it is
1: okay so no if, if if everyone who's deceased is wearing a mask and they are protecting the others Probably the normal people don't have to wear the mask. That's number one. And, and if you, uh, Talking about masks, there is something called a N95 mask. Which is the one you are talking about the Hannibal Lecter kind of a mask, right? So, th- this, this uh, uh, filters out most, that's 95% of the respirable particles. So, it's called N95. It, it is also used for pollution control. It is also used for infection control. This N95 is meant for people who are healthcare personnel who are likely to get in touch with the infected people. They may have to go in close contact with other people who are infected. So they need to wear this mask. But there is always a problem in wearing this mask. This is such a tight-fitting mask. People find it very difficult to breathe through that. So, invariably, they keep adjusting that mask and during that, you tend to touch your face. And one of the big no's is don't touch your face or don't take your hand near the mask. Nos. Yeah. So, if, if, you, if you are going to touch the outside of the mask and then you're going to touch the face or the parts of the body, then what is going to happen again is, you're going to transmit the disease from the mask to your body through your hands so wearing the 1095 mask for a long period of time is very very difficult so i i, I don't know why people do that but still panic hmm? then second is uh, an average surgical mask that's uh, very very common in everywhere probably the infected people can wear that and apart from that nobody else need to and uh, what usually happens is wearing a mask gives us a false sense of security this false sense of security with which we can again will keep adjusting the mask with our hands and we'll keep touching our hands somewhere we'll not be able to wash it all the time we'll not be able to use an alcohol rub all the time then we ourselves will cause the disease transmission um, to either us, our own, or to our near and dear ones when we touch them again. So mask is a big question again, but people have to be isolated. Those who have the disease, that's that's the key. Okay. So, your thoughts, Mother? Uh,
2: yeah. See, uh, we had two big epidemics in our lifetime. That uh, in the last few uh, decades, one is the in mersco which had uh, multiple countries involved a uh, huge number of patients involved and learnings from these two large epidemics is the cornerstone and that's the guide uh, guiding spirit for us to tack how we are tackling this the, uh, the present covid 19 disease so we didn't uh, even though we did have candidate vaccines and all that The cornerstone is still the good old public health uh, methodology of cutting transmission, isolation, containment, safe practices, healthy sanitary sanitary, uh, practices. That's the cornerstone for every disease. Even though uh, it may sound very repetitive and sound very rhetoric, but that still works. And we were able to contain SARS, we were able to contain MERSCOV because we adopted the age-old uh, gold-standard methodologies which is containment, cutting transmission at large scale and then uh, adopting uh, good sanitary practices. That still holds good.
0: So, as, uh, as an epidemiologist in, uh, currently working in India, Do you think that our response to this current outbreak is good enough? Our government's response, our health uh, department's response?
2: Yes, uh, I would say yes. Uh, I'm in uh, in knowledge of how the Tamil Nadu government is taking care uh, in terms of its response and our preparedness towards this particular outbreak. So we have screened, uh, Tamil Nadu alone has screened around uh, 7,500 uh, travelers from uh, these, one of these countries, any one of these countries where SARS has been detected and out of this, uh, two, uh, around 2,100 uh, people are in uh, house quarantine, which even if they show one uh, mild symptom or one strong indicator of risk factor, is uh, from these countries, So, they are uh, put on home quarantine for 28 days. Only after that, they are allowed to mingle in population. And uh, 48 samples have been tested out of these 2,179 patients. 48 samples have been tested. uh, And all these 48 samples have turned out to be negative. There is one patient right now in isolation in Kanyakumari Medical College. He he does have some kind of symptom. And still his samples... uh, Uh, report is awaited. The sample has been sent to National Institute of Virology at Pune and uh, I think in a couple of days we will know his status. But right now his clinical condition is stable. And uh, we have certain international obligations. When it comes to uh, large scale outbreaks like this, we are bound by international health regulations. And as a partner country who have signed uh, the IHR, uh, which comes under the purview of WHO, we are supposed to respond to WHO directives and till date we uh, follow all the WHO directives as a nation as and as a uh, responsible state we have daily briefings we we do have daily briefings at our institute uh, with regards to how many patients have been uh, identified, how many are under quarantine and uh, we have uh, uh, various uh, uh, people from various states reporting how many people are in quarantine in their state and I I can see that there is a whole uh, systematic uh, uh, level of awareness and preparedness from the part of the government.
0: So but this is not public knowledge yet, so that's uh, worrying.
2: Yeah, yeah. See, certain uh, certain states like Kerala has gone ahead and uh, make it made it a uh, uh, public statements. But certain states have preferred to keep it under the radar because they didn't want to spook uh, a certain set of populations. So there, already there are some uh, many things are going around in the country which uh, makes the a country a little unsettled right now. So they don't want to ruffle more feathers. So uh, they are taking the safer route out. Uh, uh, Tamil Nadu is one such state who doesn't want to uh, create any panic among uh, uh, the population, the largest set of the population. So, Kerala uh, tends to uh, differ and they already recently showcased how well they managed the Nipah outbreak. And even though they they are the only state in uh, India who had positive uh, patients for COVID, and uh, two of those patients have been uh, treated completely and sent back home so we we as of now we have only one patient who who is uh, positive for covid under treatment in uh, Alapura.
0: okay that's good news actually uh, good to know that our government is doing uh, stuff and uh, we are though we are keeping it quiet under wraps we are uh, still doing what is necessary that's good news so does anybody else have anything else to add or uh, talk we, because we have crossed the border 40 minutes to,
2: i just I just want to leave a footnote here that uh, we this pattern of uh, um, this pattern of us uh, seeing uh, sort of newer kind of infections. Uh, we thought we are gone past that uh, state of seeing more uh, infectious diseases as a as a world, but recently we have seen that uh, we are seeing more and more infection. Newer varieties of uh, new infectious diseases uh, coming up, and that was one of the fascinating things. Why, wh- uh, when I uh, came into the this field of epidemiology, that's that's one area which was which I was very curious about. And uh, the, after a lot of discussions with my uh, mentors, uh, uh, what? we are seeing
0: Oh, Madan, could you re- could you repeat uh, that could you repeat that you, we lost you for a bit there
2: just a minute i, I think uh, yeah 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 i I just hold on i'll I'm crossing a certain area where there will be no signal I'll just cross again'll again speak to you
0: okay while he's doing that uh Gokul as a layperson, do you have anything else to ask or uh, any uh, doubts to clear on this?
3: No, I think uh, I'm I'm a frequent traveler. I'm always worried about what's going to happen to me. I was spooked when... Two days ago, I think two days ago when I was in Chennai airport, I saw so many people wear masks and roam around. And I was wondering if I should buy one and wear. Now I know that N95 mask is the only mask that might even help me. And it's not a very easy mask to wear. I think I'll stay away from it. I already bought the alcohol rub. Mm. and I keep washing my hands. I think that's pretty much good precaution, right?
1: I, I would say that you buy a mask and keep it under the wraps with you all the time. In case, in case, in case, whoever is sitting next to you or right behind you or right in front of you is going to be coughing away to glory, then please wear that mask.
3: Okay, mm-hmm. we'll so, do that. We'll no, do.
1: Yeah. as as I as I said, a normal person need not wear the mask because it is not it's going to be uh, uh, taking you away from the airborne transmission but there is more chance of fomite transmission no we,
0: we, live in a, we live in a country where people do not follow this kind of cough and sneeze hygiene and all you yes. know they'll cough without covering their mouth exactly uh, they'll, they'll sneeze and uh, they'll uh, 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 they'll take out the snot from their nose and they'll wipe it on their clothes or they'll throw it on the road. Right? Yes. So these kind of things happen. They spit on the roads. Hmm? They, spit, yes. they spit everywhere. Yeah. So it's it is uh, what uh, Dr. Managopal says is good enough for uh, protective personal for uh, personal protection. As a frequent traveler, maybe you should take some precautions.
1: Yeah. And and avoid travel if possible.
3: Come on. Don't uh, <laughs> say <I'm> to me. <laughs> <laughs> I am I'm, I'm leaving for to. Delhi tomorrow. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
3: Okay.
0: Madan, you back? Okay, he's not yet back. Uh, uh, see, uh, what I found interesting is, suddenly there are uh, cases cropping up in different countries. Like South Korea was close to China. Okay, understood. Japan is also in that region. Understood. But suddenly you have uh, yeah, uh, yes, sir, hundreds ma- of ma- hundreds of cases in uh, can you, Italy, can you hear? Hundreds of cases in uh, Iran, and all. So. Yeah, yeah, Madan, we can hear you. Go ahead. Sorry, we were just filling in time.
2: Yeah, okay. So this, uh, as you uh, just mentioned, this sudden rise in numbers, okay, so, uh, again, it comes from an epidemiological view. Whenever, uh, there's a classic view about sudden rise in cases, okay, whenever someone is reporting a sudden spike of cases, we we should always look for what made the sudden spike. We should also look for, was there a systematic change in which patients were screened? Was there a new test adopted? Was there a new method of screening patients adopted? Something has happened there that materialized into the number of cases. We should not be spooked by number of cases getting reported. We should be happy that certain number of cases are getting reported because these number of patients would have gone unreported
0: okay that that is always a fear that's the because, ah, okay because yeah. because we are dealing with a, an authoritarian that's... state like china that was always a fear that there would be some uh, data hidden but as you made it very abundantly clear that uh, the chinese government has been very open about this so let's say that yeah uh, the
2: right the right from right from january uh, first week when uh, the who knew the scale and enormity of the situation and who announced that there is an epidemic from that point onwards the chinese authorities have been very open in uh, sharing every bit of detailed data the just go out there in pubmed and search for uh, novel coronavirus or covid-19 you will see at least 300 to 400 uh, published uh, published articles this is within 40 days of an established outbreak. This this is unprecedented scale of research happening as we speak now. This is this this is not what happened during SARS or MERSCOV. This level of cooperation and this level of sharing of knowledge from Chinese authorities has not was never seen before.
0: Okay. We'll end on that kind of a. Uh uh positive note because yeah, we be are crossing one thing one thing uh, why,
2: uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, one thing I wanted to tell even before was this occurrence of uh, we started with SARS nah, then H5N1 happened H1N1 happened and then there was a novel H1N1 a variety of H1N1 which is H5N1 and then Mesco happened and then we had some uh, fancy diagnosis something like Nipah happening uh, just next door and suddenly, West Nile Sir, fever in happened side, in
0: uh, uh, on the other side of the continent. Uh, Zika virus.
2: Yeah, no, not even the other yeah. side of the continent. Other it's, side of
0: the world, sorry.
2: No, Nipah No, Zika, Zika is Zika. there. Zika is there in Rajasthan as we speak.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Zika is not,
2: not 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 uh, somewhere else. Zika is there in Rajasthan. So, so is there a pattern? What are we looking at? did we miss the all these infections before is a question that we are we are all trying to figure out so what is happening right now is i think emerging of newer infections is is a is a thing and we should be re- prepared for all sorts of newer Kind of infectious diseases. This is the larger understanding among uh, public health experts and epidemiologists worldwide that we should always be prepared for emerging newer infectious diseases.
0: Okay, that's again another uh, good point to remember. Fine, we have crossed about 50 52 minutes now, so we'll try to end this at this level for now. And yeah. we will, we will. Let's say we will come back and revisit this topic uh, some days later when there are any further developments. Okay, yeah, is that true. okay? Right. Right. Okay. True. Fine. Uh, so finally, as uh, to end this, I would say please excuse the quality of the audio, uh, dear listeners, because we are uh, four people sitting in four different locations, and uh, one, one person, obviously, as he's mentioned, was uh, in transit. So, he's doing it from a vehicle. So, and we're all doing this on a Skype call. So, the audio quality will not be as good as your regular uh, uh, professional podcasts that you listen to. But what we wanted to do was, uh, we had the feeling that uh, this was not being uh, discussed adequately in the Indian media. And uh, obviously, whatever is there in the media comes to the social media. And in social media, there is more disinformation and there is more uh, uh, rumors and, uh, you know, just a talk without basis. So we thought we'll put up something with a scientific basis that will be understandable to the lay people, and also with some enough uh, data, with enough information which will be useful for everyone. So I hope we covered what we wanted to do. We told you what this uh, disease COVID-19 is, what causes it, what are the, uh, what, how severe it is, how, what, how people are affected, how it is spreading and what are the prevention methodologies that you can do, what the governments in all over the world are doing to uh, contain this uh, disease. And we have to wait and see whether all of this works out. And we have to hope that India remains with that three positive cases and nothing grows more than this. So with that, uh, shall we wind up, please? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah have a good Everyone say bye and uh, we will... Bye, bye, bye.
2: Mm -hmm. Bye, bye, Bye.
0: bye. We'll try to meet up again uh, with uh, more information about this or uh, related topics. Thank you all for uh, patiently listening to us for such a long time. Bye, bye. Bye,
2: bye.